It's a Punk Rock Classrooms podcast, Punk Rock Reflection. I'm going for a walk. What's up, Punk Rock Classrooms crew? This is Josh Buckley coming at you with my Punk Rock Reflection for this week. Uh, And, you know, I'm wrapping up uh, a semester. The semester is over. It's winter break as I sit in my office on Sunday night recording this before it goes out Monday morning. Because what is winter break for if not putting things off just a little longer? Well, I wanted to talk a little bit about this semester. Uh, Mike and I were going to sit down and kind of do an episode where we, we went over what it was like for the semester, how we feel, how our semester went, kind of a check-in. I'm going to flip that a little bit. Uh, we were unable to record, so I'm going to flip that, and I'm going to talk about um, as a secondary teacher for 15 years in the classroom. Uh, I taught uh, high school and uh, for, for 14 years, junior high for one year in the middle of there when I taught seventh grade. Uh, and uh, I student taught in the secondary level. I student taught in middle school as well, but spent most of my career teaching uh, 11th and 12th grade students, whether that was psychology, economics, government, American history, all of those things over my time. This year, though, I have spent the last semester, the first semester of this school year, in the elementary setting. So I want to talk a little bit about, uh, as a secondary teacher, moving to the elementary world, what are some things I've recognized and noticed uh, as I as I as I have sort of been in this new position. Uh, if you listen to the show, you know that I, I no longer teach uh, economics at the high school level. I am now a Title One specialist at an elementary school in Mesa, which is just a fancy title for doing a whole bunch of stuff around campus, whether that's teacher coaching, running professional development, working on uh, budgets and federal grant stuff, uh, and really doing a bunch of whatever falls in my lap uh, that my administrator says, hey, Josh, can can you take care of this. Um, I'm also the AVID coordinator and a couple of other things. But I wanted to talk about what I've noticed about being at the elementary level. And I want to start right here. Um, One of the things that makes any rough day fantastic, this is what I've learned uh, at the elementary level. You are always a celebrity to kindergartners. Always. That is my favorite room to go into is the kindergarten classroom because the moment I walk in and the moment I see kindergartners, they are so excited to see me. That wasn't always the case with 11th and 12th graders, uh, but at that kindergarten age group, man, they are so stoked to see you. I can't tell you how many times a kindergartner says to me, I saw you today. And I go, yes, you did. You see me every day. Um, But it's been really cool to like walk in and be that. But here's the other thing I want to recognize about uh, kindergarten. Holy cow, kindergarten teachers never stop. They they don't stop. As a as a high school teacher, as a 12th grade teacher, I could go, okay, guys, I want you to read this really quick as a group. I want you to discuss this. I want you to talk about this. And then we're going to talk about it together. And I could run around the room and maybe not be on stage so much, right? Um, having spent some time observing kindergarten classrooms, I, I, I took a, um, we have a student teacher on campus and, and, you know, he's trying to figure out what grade level at the elementary level is best for him. So I took him on a little a little field trip around campus and we spent some time in a kindergarten classroom and we watched one of our kindergarten teachers who is fantastic run small groups. And he was like, she never stopped. 
And I was like, you are right. She never stopped. That is what happens in that small group. And then you just ring the bell or make the noise or press the button, whatever it is that indicates your kids swap and they all move to you. And then you just keep going. You are always sort of on and pointing to and and looking after and, and all of those things. And I get tired observing a kindergarten classroom uh, and the times that I've you know been able to sit and do a small group in kindergarten man that that is tiring and so it's nice to be that celebrity when I go in there but I also want to like tip my hat to those kindergarten teachers who are non-stop when I walk into those classrooms uh, I think the next the next thing I realize is is uh, as I'm in the elementary world as a secondary teacher who got a prep period, a full prep period, a 55 minutes plus the six minute passing period before and a little bit of that six minute passing period afterwards as my prep period. I got to say 20 to 30 minutes is probably not enough at the elementary level to prep. And I and that sounds, you know, I it truly is not enough to do any real prep work. I mean, I guess it, it's a period of time where an elementary teacher can maybe catch their breath and they can maybe sit down and they can maybe, you know, go to the bathroom. But in reality, there's not a whole lot you can get done. Uh, you walk your kids to their special. You walk back to your classroom. You maybe have 20 minutes or so before you have to get up, walk back to your class, walk back to your special to get your kids and walk them back to your classroom. That's not a whole lot of prepping in plan time. You know, I, at the secondary level, I, I was used to being able to go, okay, I got about an hour, I can go to the bathroom, I can come back, I can get some grading done, I can put some stuff in the grade book, I can print some stuff, I can copy some things, and I'm gonna have a little cushion to maybe stare at the wall for five minutes, right? That doesn't really exist uh, in those 20 to 30 minute chunks for elementary teachers, and we have to think of a better way uh, to give them some time to prep during the day to give them some time to prepare. What does that look like? Do we start school a little later so they have that time in the morning to prepare stuff? What does that look like for them? But I know they also need that time in the day. Here's another thing I've recognized as uh, a high school teacher coming down to the elementary world. I think we really should have elementary teachers sit down with secondary teachers and talk to them about standards-based grading. Right When I look in classrooms and I look at kindergarten through fourth grade and we're learning and we're doing and we're getting grades on things, but on the report card, it ends up being, did they meet these standards and at what level did they meet these standards, right? Did they hit this part of mathematics? How did they do on this standard? We don't do that very well at the high school level. We go, okay, there was a, an essay and it was worth this many points. And then there was a test and it was worth this many points. And if you're being intentional about your grading, maybe you're making sure that that all makes sense for, for what students are learning tied to the standards in your classroom. But oftentimes, I think at the secondary level, we drop the ball on that. I think we could see uh, that in our own classrooms if we're honest with ourselves, if we reflected on our grade books, if we reflected on what that looks like. We aren't always the best at making sure that what's in our grade book truly represents what students are learning according to the standards as opposed to behaviors in the classroom. So I think we could do some justice in the educational setting if you're a if you're a K-12 district, or maybe you're a K-8 district, maybe you could get some of those elementary schools, those primary teachers to sit down with those junior high and high school teachers and talk about how they come up with standards-based grades for students, what they're looking for. What does mastery look like and how do they show that in a classroom when it's not always tied to 
you did this assignment, it was worth 50 points. You got fit all 50 points, so that moves you this far in the grade book. I think we could learn a lot if we got those folks together. I also think when we talk about that, when we talk about that collaboration, we also need to think about, uh, you know, how do we get elementary teachers to collaborate wider? You know, I, I recently, um, we are part of a, our elementary school that I work at is part of a collection of elementary schools in a feeder pattern. And uh, each of these schools, about well, four of them in our feeder pattern, these elementaries are working on design thinking in inquiry and project-based learning. And, and we're lucky enough to have someone who works at the high school halftime, but the other part of their contract is to run around and, and, and work with these elementary schools in the feeder pattern and find ways for them to get together and collaborate. And we've had the opportunity to get elementary teachers together in large groups to talk about this, to plan together, to share things, to go over things that have worked in their classroom and haven't worked in their classroom beyond just the two other people in their grade level. And the high school teacher and I, we taught together at the high school that's in this feeder pattern. And uh, I, he, he was like, this is great to see all these teachers together. And I said, you know what? I think what's really awesome is as high school teachers, we could get together with our entire department. And there were maybe 18 or 20 of us at, at our large comprehensive high schools when we were a department. You had lots of people you could tap into who taught social studies or who taught science or who taught English and see how they were teaching things, right? And see, hey, how did you get this concept across? Even at the, even in, in English, we talk about, you know, we look at uh, Common Core, how those standards are banded for, for ninth and 10th grade, and then they're banded again for 11th and 12th grade. So ninth and 10th grade teachers can really collaborate, and that could be a large group of teachers. But at the elementary level, it's three, four teachers max, right? And a grade level. But we created this opportunity on a Wednesday. We have an early release, and we created this opportunity, this, this you know, high school teacher built this thing to have invite them all on one place and give them the space to collaborate widely. So we had 12 fourth grade teachers together, 12 fifth grade teachers, 12 sixth grade teachers who could share and discuss the things they're doing with inquiry and the things they're doing with us, you know, uh, with design thinking and project-based learning. And we created a, you know, a canvas page for them, you know, a, a learning management system that we use in our district. We have a page for them to share all of the lessons they're doing with one another. They can post them on there and they can find them. And this creates far wider and meaningful collaboration for those teachers. Right. We have to find time for that to happen at the elementary level like it can happen at the secondary level when we have department meetings or we actually just have a larger network sometimes on our campus that we can tap into just because of the nature of what we do. On top of that, I think one of the things that I, I, I noticed that I think we need to, to get a little better at is uh, the amount of standardized tests we give elementary students. You know, I, I come from, you know, the high school realm and I know as a social studies teacher, my students didn't take nearly as many standardized tests as other students do. But at the elementary level, we're throwing continual standardized tests at them. Uh, this year, we started a new program in my district. So we have, you know, a screener at the beginning of the year, along with a benchmark then in the winter, a screener and a benchmark again. And then in the springtime, we'll do a screener one more time. The benchmark is optional. On top of that, 
you know, we're doing uh, ELL testing on students and pulling them out of classrooms on top of that. You know, we have this new program to do sort of standardized progress monitoring on students taking learning time from the classroom. Not that progress monitoring students isn't important, but we're, we're continually throwing these standardized tests at kids over and over and over again. And is that taking away um, from those teachers' ability to kind of create these these learning experiences for kids that aren't sort of upended by the need for a standardized test, um, by the need of the district to get this data for this one thing. And is it the data we need? I had a conversation with my superintendent recently about, yeah, we get this data and we measure this data, but does this data really tell us everything we need to know about what's going on on our campus? Does this data tell us how good of collaborators our students are or, or, you know, what, how good are they at, at being problem solvers or critical thinkers? It doesn't do that. So how do we measure those things and and how do we make time to measure that? I think the last thing I want to talk about as I wrap this up is something I've, I've seen at the elementary level is that kids are kids. You know, having taught 12th graders for such a long time, that's 17 and 18 year olds, those 17 and 18 year olds, you know what they need? They need a teacher who cares about them, a teacher who wants to support them, a teacher who loves them for who they are and who sees them as the kid who walks into their classroom who just needs someone in their corner. That's the same at every grade in the elementary setting. Kids are kids. And I I think one thing I've noticed is I think when kids start to get up in 12th grade, we think, ah, you're a 12th grader. You shouldn't be doing things like this. You made a behavior. You had a mistake. You did this thing. And we get really upset because we go, well, you've been in school for this long. And sometimes we fail to realize that those are really just age appropriate behaviors sometimes. And I think I've seen that at the elementary level as well, where sometimes, you know, what I've noticed this year is we see a fifth grader or a sixth grader acting a certain way and we go, they should know better. They're in fifth grade or sixth grade. What we're really saying is they're 11 years old and they shouldn't make mistakes. I I think we have to understand that kids are kids. That whether that kid is in kindergarten or that kid is in fifth or sixth grade, they're they're a child. They're a kid. And they make age-appropriate behaviors and decisions, and they mess up, and we have to be there to support them. We have to be there to help them be better people. And that isn't always by getting upset and yelling and 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 throwing the book at them for things. It really comes down to helping them learn how to manage all of the things going on inside of them, being that support system and that support structure for them. So I, I think that that's where I want to wrap, right? Uh, I, I Like I said, uh, going from high school to an elementary setting from 12th grade to supporting teachers and students at an elementary, a K-6 campus, I've noticed some things, some things that are the same, some things that are different, some things that maybe we can do better and we can help each other out with. By no means am I an expert. In fact, I love to tell the teachers that I support, like, you know what, I'm not an expert in that, but I'm going to find out. So uh, find out with me. Let's dig a little deeper. Let's reflect a little more. Let's think about what's around us. Uh, This wouldn't be the Punk Rock Classrooms podcast if I didn't talk about what I've been listening to. Mike and I always do that. So for me, we're wrapping up the end of the year. And a, a bazillion albums came out this year. And I always like to kind of narrow it down to my top 10 
list or what have I really liked listening to this year? And this is the time of year when I'm listening to all the things that I flagged as my most favorite over the year. Uh, and I'm doing the juggle between two of my top albums right now, trying to figure out which one has the number one spot. So two albums I keep listening to over and over again are Between the Richness uh, by Fiddlehead and Glow On by Turnstile. Uh, both great bands, both great albums. If you get an opportunity, check out Turnstile. They were just on Late Night with Seth Meyers. You can find it on YouTube. You can go watch their set. In fact, you should go watch their live sort of performance uh, that was recorded by Hate56 on YouTube if you can check it out. Great band. I got to see him at Furnace Fest. Really awesome. I've been juggling between those two bands. Which one is going to hit my number one spot? You know that Mike and I love to do this. We're going to have our episode this year where we count. We're going to we're going to go over our top ten records of the year, kind of that bonus episode. I want to thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. You can find us at punkrockclassrooms.com. We've got the merch there. We've got some blogs there. We've got all the shows and show notes that you can check out. Some poetry from Mike, and of course links to all of our other social media and everything. You can find us with the same handles on Twitter and. At on Instagram at Punk Classrooms. You can find me at Josh R. Buckley on both of those. And you can find Mike at Mike R. Earnshaw at, on both of those uh, socials. So uh, thanks so much for tuning in, folks. Uh, we love that you're part of the crew. We hope you have a happy holiday. If you're listening to this before, uh, you know, you're on, ho- you know, while you're on holiday break, we hope that you're able to spend some time with your family, that you're able to relax, that you're really able to kind of, you know, uh, do some things for yourself and your loved ones uh, and, and really enjoy the season. So uh, thanks for tuning in and we'll see you at the show. I'm going for a walk. Podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. We'll see you on the next episode.